Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to episode 39 of the Noah's Cast Podcast, presented to you by WRSPN.com. We want to thank you for tuning in. You could be listening to anything in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I am your host, Ray Santos, who does respect Greyhound as a staff, label, or the mother effing crew, and I have my co-host with me, Andy Flint. Flintmo, what's good? Yo, what's going on? I just want to give a little shout-out to my 8-year-old son, who may or may not be listening in right now via headphones downstairs. Sorry about your bowls, man. Okay. <laughs> let's uh let's make sure we keep it definitely uh PG thirteen. Well, you said you're eight year old, so we're gonna keep it PG eight for him. All right. So we are going to get into everything free agency. Um uh, we the kind of designed the show so we can go through as many deals as possible. Obviously we're not gonna get through them all, but we have a couple different things that we wanna do. I have a surprise for Andy that he doesn't even know about yet, so we're gonna surprise him. But first we're gonna start with the outlet pass. It's the first pass in any fast break, thus it's the first pass in our show. Andy, since we spent all of last episode talking about Kevin Durant, let's talk about the other major surprise. Dwayne Wade, the face of the Miami Heat, has now left home to go home, uh, now with his non-NBA home with the Chicago Bulls. Which surprised you more, Katie to Golden State or Wade to Chicago? I still think it's Katie to Golden State surprised me more. Um, I feel like with – stars like Wade, once you've played so many years for a franchise, you're eventually going elsewhere. I mean, it's it's just so hard to keep, and it seems like there was some weird things going on in the front office and the, the whole Pat Riley factor, and I, I don't know. I mean, it did surprise me. I'm still more surprised by KD, though. Uh, this is tough for me, because Wade, you know, what it, you know what it is? In the moment, Wade surprised me more, but you brought up a point just now that I've seen a lot, you know, other people have brought up after it happened that we're sort of kind of idealistic to think that guys are going to stay like Dirk Nowitzki. We've been kind of spoiled with guys like Dirk and Tim Duncan and even Kobe, but historically like guys at the end of the tail end of their careers go other places or don't play for one team in their whole career. And I guess we got spoiled so much with those other guys that we've had in our recent era that we forget that most people end up like Wade does. They play for a long time for the one team. They sort of become known as that member of that team. But in the end, they, they play for different teams. So I guess when it first happened, I was like, wow, I'm way more by Wade. But now that I've thought about it in retrospect, I think KD to Golden State does really surprise me more, mostly because I thought he would stay in OKC at least one more year. Um, and obviously, you know, that didn't happen. So I would also go Katie to Golden State. But in the moment when it happened, when I saw the breaking news doing way to, to Chicago, I was like, this is way more surprising than Kevin Durant to Golden State. But uh, I don't really agree with my own take now. Yeah, I think, I mean, with with Wade for me, he he's already done everything. I mean, Wade's already in the Hall of Fame. So I, I feel like, you know, KD it's kind of one of those things where you assume he's going to be in the hall of fame, but he's still, you know, carving out the work. Wade's already done all the work. He's just kind of, you know, filing the last files at the end of his career and going home, I think is part of that. And obviously the money was good. So yeah, it's better than Denver, right? Yeah, definitely better. I couldn't believe he was considering Denver, but so we're going to go kind of a little bit of an extended outlet path because 
before we get into all the deals that we want to talk about, I want to get your feelings about everybody freaking out over the value of contracts. Like you said, Dwayne Wade almost went to Denver for, I think, like two years, $50 million. So $25 million a year for like a 30, I don't even know how old Dwayne Wade is, 36, 37 years. You're the age man around here. Uh, but the value of contracts has exceeded $2 billion in total value for those Monday morning calculating nerds at home. What do you think about all this, all this madness about people freaking out over the value of contracts and with, with the NBA? Well, you know, and I have a lot of these conversations that you're not involved with. You always yell at me about, um, you know, and a lot of times these conversations I, I end up having with people, you know, I'll have conversations with people who know way more than me about the salary stuff and are getting me educated. But most commonly I talk to people who are just, you know, fans of the game. They don't really understand the money, which is, and there's nothing wrong with that because I half don't understand the money most of the time too. But people got to understand that each NBA team, is working was working with like an extra 20 plus million this season. So if you're looking at a contract and one that keeps popping into my head, being a magic fan is DJ Augustine gets like seven and a half million a year. And it seems rather absurd, but with an extra 22 million in play and I'm, I'm no math specialist, but I mean, that seems more like a four and a half million dollar contract if you're, you know, working with old standards. So you know, I think it is big to see. You see Nicholas Batum getting a huge deal, and you're like, some people don't even know who that is, I think. So, you know, he's not a top 20 guy. But they, they've got to yeah, understand so, the money. And, you know, I see the projections have went down, but we're going to have even more next season. Yeah, if, if you're wondering who Nicholas Batum is, he's the dude from France that punched the other dude in, in the junk like years ago. So that's Nicholas Batum. He now makes over $100 million in the NBA, in case you, in case you were wondering. I have similar feelings. I also want to bring up that, you know, people are freaking out, but the money is already there in the league. You know, the NBA has done something that no other really major sport has done. I mean, baseball is probably the closest in its heyday, um, but the NBA has become an international sport. Like, people in China, on our like page, like, most of the people that follow our like page are people from the Philippines because they love basketball. You know what I mean? And, and it's it's just one of these things where, it's become this this money-making juggernaut. So I I say that to say if the players aren't going to make the money, it's all going to go to the 30 billionaire owners. So I would rather have it go to the players. I mean, they're the market. They're the people that are bringing all of this money in. So it's kind of like, you know, people freaking out about the money. It's kind of the same people that say, like, oh, college players should be paid because they're bringing all this money into the NCAA. But – the NBA, it's the same. It's the same theory. You know what I mean? These guys are getting paid for the money that they're making with the NBA, and these billionaire owners would just be banking more of that money if the salary cap was was the same that it is now, because the TV deal already exists, the international thing already exists. So the money is going to be there. It's whether you want it to go to the the 400 plus players that are playing, or whether you want it to go to the 30 like Silicon Valley juggernaut owners. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head there because I have this argument constantly. I don't know if many of you know, but I live directly in the woods, okay? You know, I'm in a place where there's about 8,000 people, and everybody here predominantly likes the NFL, and they like NASCAR. And they can never possibly fathom in their heads how the NBA could be more popular. And I tell these guys this, the NBA is more popular worldwide because nobody watches NASCAR or even the NFL really for the most part in other countries. Basketball, right? You pointed out in Asia is huge. China, huge market. This is where this TV money comes from. And I know people always like to point to me when I argue NBA over the MLB. People will point to like attendance, which is like the most skewed thing you could ever point to. You know, outdoor stadiums fit 
50, 70,000 people and NBA arenas fit like 25 if we're pushing it. So it's the TV money and people got to understand that the money is there. Why let the rich get richer? Give it to the people who actually, because guys like LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA far more money than he's ever paid. You have to understand that. Right. When LeBron James gets his like five year, $200 million deal, I feel like he's still underpaid. I'll just put it that way. So let's, let's move on. We're actually going to get into the free agency deals now. So, the first thing we want to do is each of us have one deal that we feel like we had to talk about if we were going to go out there, and this is the only thing that we could talk about. So, Andy, what is the one deal that you feel like we have to talk about before we get off there? The deal is more like a set of deals. I, I want to talk about the Houston Rockets, and my first question would be, do you think the Houston Rockets are a better team now? Okay, so the Houston Rockets fascinate me because – I really like the deals that they made. The, the deals you told me were Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson specifically. I love Ryan Anderson was, as you know, probably if you listen to the show and Andy knows, Ryan Anderson is one of my favorite players in the league. I love Ryan Anderson, stretch four, can rebound. So he's not one of those guys that just hits threes and doesn't do anything else. The guy can, the guy can get on the boards, kind of like a Kevin Love light. Um, and Eric Gordon, I, I, I like Eric Gordon. I'm not crazy about him, but, I mean, he can score. And that's what I bring up. Like, this Rocket team is going to score so many points. I don't even know. I mean, as long as they're healthy, that's the other thing. I don't know if any of you guys can stay on the floor. But I don't know if they're better because if they couldn't play defense before, and, I mean, they had Dwight Howard back there, who is still one of the better rim protectors in the league, and they don't have him anymore. I like Clint Capella, but I don't think he's really up for the job. Uh, my man Clint, Clint Capella is going to have to, like, rotate so much. He, he might just get, like, you know when you're, you know those shin splints you get when you're running too much? My man Clint Capella is going to have that at, like, the third, third quarter mark of every game. I don't think they're better. I think they're kind of either the same or a little bit worse because I really, really don't know who plays defense on this team. Well, you know, at least the easy part of the question I'm asking is we're only shooting for 42 wins to be, you know, better. So... So that that's probably the, the best advantage Houston has, I think, because I don't think they're going to be better either. I think they'll have the ability to score, which I already thought they had last year. You know what I'm intrigued about? Why don't they just play James Harden at the one, and let's just see what happens. Because I, I don't think you have a team that's going to compete for a championship, so you might as well try crazy stuff. Harden already holds on to the ball like it's you know made of gold anyway, so we might as well let Harden play the point. I think Harden playing the point would be the most interesting storyline of the season. I actually think that that's part of what they might be doing. You know what I mean? Like, I think their crunch time lineup might be Harden at the one, Gordon at the two, and then Ariza, um, Ryan Anderson, and Clint Capella. I mean, maybe they just take out Clint Capella and go way small, but it, it, it seems like that was their thought process when, when they when they made this, this lineup. But, all right, so my deal is your guy, your team, business Diambo to the Orlando Magic, four years, $72 million. What do you think of this deal for one? Um, and what do you think of, of your magic with, with the Bismack-Abaka combo? That's really what I'm interested in. Oh, are you talking about the Congo line? We we talking the Congo line now? <laughs> the Congo line. <laughs> so, I, you know, I saw that on Twitter, and that is literally that nickname alone makes it worth it. Um you know, I do like Bismarck Biambo. I We talked about him before the season, and wouldn't you know he ends up with, with my Orlando Magic. Um, not necessarily ideal, I don't think, in the way that the team is constructed. See, I don't understand this move or many of the, the moves or what I like to call the Magic summer of just fishing with dynamite 
because it's like they just throw it in, see what comes up, and they sign it. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think the Magic are interesting. I do like Bismack, but I just don't know how we fit Biombo, Serge Ibaka, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic into a lineup and let everybody, you know, play enough impactful minutes. I really hope it's not Aaron Gordon who suffers because I like the prospect of the kid. I still think we might see a Vucevic switch, although I know you think that uh, an Aaron Gordon trade is a little more lucrative for the Magic. I tend to like the Vucevic deal. But, yeah, I I don't know. I like Bismack Biombo, and I would love him and Serge side by side, but it's got to fit into the roster, and I, I just don't know how that works for the Magic right now. So I have some answers to your questions, I think. I think the answer is how you fit all four of those guys into a lineup is that you don't fit all four of those guys into a lineup and get meaningful minutes. I know that I've said that Aaron Gordon probably is the more lucrative deal. You'd probably get more from him on the market, I would think. But I think Nikola Vucevic is the odd man out. I think he does get traded. And I actually thought that when they signed Ibaka, I remember you saying that some people thought the Ibaka signing was for Nikola Vucevic, you know, to kind of get him uh, some anchor defensively so he didn't have to do so much on the defensive end and be the rim protector. But I really think that with this combo, I think Vucevic is the odd man out. I'm curious what they could get for him just because he's, I mean, he's younger. You know, he's, well, I think he said he's like 25. But at the same time, I I feel like a lot of people think that he's kind of peaked as an NBA player. Like what he is now is what he's going to be. I don't know if that's true, but I think that's the, you know, the feeling people get when you bring up his name probably around the league. I like so as far as the Bismack signing alone, I like it. I don't love it. I mean, it, it's kind of starter money for somebody I feel is more of a 20 to 25 minute a game player, but he's a very good player. It kind of reminds me, I'm going to make a baseball reference. It, it reminds me of Carlos Beltran when he got a big deal. It was like, Carlos Beltran still a good player. Is he like a $200 million player? No, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to give you an impact on the field. And Bismack's the same way. Is he a $72 million player? I don't think so. Does that mean he's going to be terrible? I mean, maybe in comparison to his deal, people are going to be like, well, he's not worth the $72 million, but he's still going to do beyond both things. And that's like something that you can't really put a value on almost because it's all that dirty work. And like, they're going to say, they're going to say, oh, wow, you know, Bismack has eight points and nine rebounds a game. Obviously, he's not worth $72 million. But at the same time, you know, he's going to make the defensive rotation. He gives your team an identity, and there's, you can't really put a statistical value on that. Yo, know, Andy looks like Tyrese Gibson. I, I never noticed that, I don't think, until I'm looking at his profile picture. Um, but I do want to say you said something else in there. You said the, the Surge and Biombo combo. That was kind of a, a, a sweet little line I'm going to be using. But I, I, do think, uh, I do think Vucevic can net you something in the market because I, I think he is a good player. I just think he needs to be on the right sort of team because we're kind of seeing he's kind of a dinosaur center at this. He's not much of a defender. He is seven feet, however, which, you know, does give you some sort of rim protection, just his size alone, but he can score. He's one of probably the best post scorers in the league at that position. I would say maybe the best. I, I think him and Brooke Lopez might need to have an argument there, but I, I do think you can get something for him. It just has to be the right place. And I think with the moves the Magic have made with Biombo and with Surge, and even with a guy like Aaron Gordon, who's more of a, a runner, an energy player, a defensive player, I do feel like Vucevic isn't the right kind of player for this team anymore. So they've got to do something. I, I would look for it soon, but who knows what it's going to net yeah. them. I, I actually think that they, they see Aaron Gordon as a, as a small forward, and that's how they're going to fit it into the lineup. But let's move on. I agree. Uh, we, uh, we, we we definitely want to get to some more deals. Um, so Andy, what was your what's your best deal of free agency? Best value? We're talking about all these guys getting paid a lot of money. What was your best value deal of free agency? 
my best deal uh, is a guy who just left the Magic, Dwayne Dedman, uh, two-year, $6 million deal with the Spurs. I, I mean, I don't really know how you – I mean, he's a shot blocker. He's going to be a rim protector. They don't really need him to do anything other than that. He's not quite as good as a Biombo, but he is a seven-footer, and I feel like in the Spurs system that's that's perfect. And he's only 27 years old. Yeah, I like it. I actually think it's an upgrade over Boban. Um, I was going to almost go to Will Festus Azile, two years, $16 million. It broke last night that he's going to the Blazers. I think that's a great deal. But I'm going to stick with my original one, my original answer. I got Jordan Clarkson, four years, $50 million. It's the same money Tyler Johnson got, and, well, Clarkson's not a white seventh man. So then again, in my research, I also found out that he's possibly dating Kendall Jenner, so I may have to rescind my offer once I found out if the Kardashian curse extends to the Jenners. Um, I got a meeting with Lil B later this week, the, the curse god, to, to kind of see <laughs> – you know, how that works. So once I straighten that out, I might have to change my answer. But for now, I'm going Jordan Clarkson, four years, $50 million. I think it's an incredible deal for a young guard. And I think he's getting the same money as, you know, some of these other, like Courtney Lee got the same money. And I think Jordan Clarkson has way John more upside. Than yeah, exactly. And I think Jordan Clarkson is clearly the best player of this bunch is what I'm saying. Now we're going the opposite side. Andy, what was the worst deal? Well, we're just going to stay in LA and we're going to, Talk about Timofey Mozgov. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you can justify. I almost feel like I think Dwayne Dedman might be a better player than him. I think I've just recently talked myself <laughs> into that in the last five minutes. I'm looking at. It's unfair because I'm looking at the per 36 numbers, but if you look at the per 36 minutes numbers, Dwayne Dedman seems like the better choice, and it's for way less money. I mean, <laughs> it's not even close. I mean, you're talking about a difference of like 13 million a season. So yeah, Timofey, terrible. And he's 30. Yeah, the other, the other deal I've seen in comparison to Mozgov is Cole Aldridge going to the Timberwolves. I think it was like three years, $36 million or something like that. So I think that, you know, that's a better deal. Potentially, you'd rather have Cole Aldridge than Timothy Mozgov. Uh, I think that, that might be true. I'm going with a bigger, more lucrative deal. I got Chandler Parsons. Uh, signed a max deal with the Memphis Grizzlies, I believe, four years, $94 million, might be 98 Um I understand the deal, but I just don't like it. Um, you know, why not wait? to see if, like, you know, the KD saga unfolds and then try and get Harrison Barnes, who I feel like would be a much better player in Memphis, gives them a younger core. Um, you know, why not wait until next year, which I know, like, there's got to be some team smart enough thinking, like, oh, my God, everybody's spending money this year. Let's just wait until next year when, like, Russell Westbrook and all these guys get. And I know, like, the cap is going to increase again. I understand that. But it just seems like a lot of these teams have just been like, oh, well, we have all this extra money. Let's just spend it. Like, you know, like when you get like an extra hour in your paycheck, then you come up with a rational reason to spend like 60 extra dollars, even though you only make $10 an hour or whatever. But uh, I'm going with Chandler Parsons. I just don't, I don't like Chandler Parsons as a player. He's not my favorite player. So him getting a max deal just seems absurd to me, maybe more so than, than it should be. So that's, that's what I'm going with. Now, Andy, what is the, who the biggest winner a free agency could be a player could be a team could be anything what do you got i mean i'm not going to cheat like durant did and pick golden state um <laughs> no i'm just kidding that's mean <laughs> but it worked it felt right I, i'm going to go with the the san antonio spurs i i really like the Pau gasol thing um I, of course it was kind of hard to get excited about it first after durant just signed with golden state and i i do think Pau gasol and the spurs kind of represent a brand of basketball that may be going away, but I still think it's hard not to be happy with Gasol. And I already talked about the Deadman thing. I think the Spurs just make these moves that, that just make sense. And, and I think it's going to help them tremendously. I, I have a sleeper pick. I'm going with 
play-by-play announcers. That is my biggest winner of free agency. Listen to this, Andy. We've officially gotten rid of the Burke-Burks backcourt in Utah. We have no more Hill Jam in Indiana, Solomon Hill, to the Pelicans. And the Paul-George-George Hill combo is gone. Plus, Miami may go from two Johnsons to as many Johnsons as Lord Barrett. I mean, what else do you want if you're a play-by-play announcer? No more confusion. You've, you've cleared the slate. And I would be remiss if, at this point if I didn't shout out my Brooklyn Nets as, my, as one of my answers. The one time they were actually bordering on competent, despite the Tyler Johnson shade I threw earlier. Um, I like him as a player. I like the Allen Crab deal. And I like making the effort of acquiring as many assets as possible and hoping at least one of them turns out more valuable than you paid for. But my real winner, play-by-player bouncers, no doubt about it, unquestionable. Andy Flynn, biggest loser. I I just got to shout out the the Game of Thrones reference. Uh, my biggest losers. I'm going back back to Kelly Kelly the Lakers. You, I, I don't like anything they did really. I mean, I honestly I know you liked it, but I wasn't a huge fan of the the Clarkson thing. Namely, I think the money was right, but I just don't really care for Jordan Clarkson too much. Maybe I'm hating. Um, I like Luol Deng. Don't like the fit. I obviously hate the Miles Goff thing. I, I just I don't know what LA is doing. It seems like a very weird roster as I sit here and look at it. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, th- I think they lost. I think they're, the best thing they may have done was uh, Tarek Black, which is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I like I like I like Tarek Black. Uh, I feel the same way about the, the about the Lakers roster because it it just seems like like you said. I think that's the best word for it. It's just a very weird roster. They have like this really really young core, but then they find Luol Deng, uh, you know, for four years. So I don't yeah. know if he, is he supposed to be like the mentor. He's supposed to like do things. You know, I don't. I don't really understand his role on that team. And then Miles Goff, I, I really just, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. You know, who who thought of that? Um, I am actually staying in LA, but I'm going with the Clippers. And, and this was an easy pick for me. I can't think of a team that needed an offseason plan less than let's just re-sign everyone and try again less than the Clippers. I mean, that just seems like if there was one team where I did not want you to do that. It was the L.A. Clippers. You know, they were always long shots for KD, but it, so I don't know why they kind of put all their eggs in that basket. He was blown away by their sales pitch, and I'm blown away by Doc Rickers made his son richer than him. Uh, let me find out Doc has the audio tape of Steve Ballmer supporting keeping the Washington Redskins name the same or something, some some racist remarks like that. Uh, but I, I just I don't I don't get the L.A. Clippers, and 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 on top of that, you know they they just re-signed everybody to try again. But in doing that, they actually lost the two people that they probably should have re-signed. Their two best bench players last season in Cole Aldridge and Jeff Green. So, so their their strategy was let's re-sign everybody, but not re-sign the actual guys that helped us. I I really just don't I don't get it. But Wes Johnson, Austin Rivers, you guys have a great time as the seventh and eighth man of this team. Jordan uh, Jordan Crawford, uh, Jamal Crawford, sixth man. I don't really know. Like you're going to be like 50 years old by the time your contract's up. I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand the LA Clippers, Andy. No, and I don't understand them either. And it was like they were just—I feel like they—they they think they're just good. We're just—I mean, we don't need to make any moves. I—I I don't know. It, yeah. it seems like this is the Clippers' thing too. The last few years, they're just like—they're content on that big three they have, and we've talked about it before that we don't think it works. So why do they think it works? And, and why does Doc Rivers think his son works? I. I just, I'll never get how that can – I would be ashamed if that were me, if I were Dr. Rivers. I would be ashamed. Everybody knows what you're doing. <laughs> Dr. Rivers, I don't know how you sleep at night. So we are going to play a game, Andy, and what I want you to do is I want you to pick 
three numbers from one to ten. We're going to pick three numbers here. Okay. You want me to pick three numbers from one to ten right now? That right now. Three numbers. All right. Three, five, and seven. Okay. So what, what we're going to do here is I, I wrote down 10 deals, and I'm going to go through the deals that you didn't say. And, and then I want your first thought when you heard about these deals um, and, and just kind of your, your quick first take. We're going to call this segment the real first take because we don't respect Skip, Skip Bayless. And even though we agree with Stephen A. Smith when he was yelling on, we don't really respect him either. So this is the real first take. The deals that you did not go with are Boban to the Pistons, three years for $21 million. Courtney Lee to the Knicks, four for 50. Delhi to the Bucks, four for 38. Al Jefferson to the Pacers, I wanted you to, to pick that one, three for 30. Solomon Hill to the Pelicans, four for 52. Aaron Aflalo, Kings, two for 25. And Joe Johnson to the Jazz, two for 22. Those are deals you did not pick. Um, but the first deal that you Rats. did pick was Jan Mahimi to the Wizards, four years, 64 million. What was your first FOH. <laughs> I, no, I actually no. didn't know this deal went down until I wrote it down. No, it kind of I, by me. you know, I, I, you can't. No, it doesn't help the it doesn't help the Wizards. The Wizards needed to do something, and I think the a big man is that was the right angle for them. But I don't know. Somebody maybe like a Ryan Anderson might have been a better deal for them. Uh, you know, we we just saw Dwayne Dedman was pretty cheap. There, there's better options. Than, a big man in Mahimi. Yeah. My my main Wizards kind of uh, 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 criticism th- this offseason was I wasn't sure that Bradley Beal was worth five years, you know, like a five-year max deal. Like, I didn't just really just pencil that in, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get Bradley Beal a five-year max deal. Let's just pencil that in and go go through the rest of our offseason with that in mind. I didn't really agree with that, with that sort of strategy. Um, I, I don't love it just because I feel like him and Marcin Gortat are very similar players. And I, I kind of feel like you needed a little more versatility, and I don't know, like, how you play those. You, you're never going to be able to play those guys at the same time, I don't think. So no. it kind of makes doesn't really make sense to give four years, $64 million to, to Jan Mahimi. The second deal, which is sort of an intriguing deal, uh, Kent Bazemore to the Hawks, four years, $70 million, a very coveted surprise. It was surprising to me how coveted he was as a free agent just because I watched him play last year. He was good. You know what I mean? He was all right, but I didn't think he was a four-year, $70 million kind of in, in that range. But it, it, you are what you can negotiate, as Jalen Rose says. Four-year, $70 million, Kent Bazemore, what was your first thought? I liked it, man. I, You know, Kent Bazemore was a guy I liked in free agency. He was kind of a guy you knew was going to get a decent amount of money. He's 27 years old. Uh, once we saw the what you know the magic were willing to give Evan Fournier like a 17 million 18 million a season it kind of felt like Kent Bazemore was set up so I, I do like it I like him as a player I think he's a good defender he's an energy guy he's long he shoots the ball well and spurts I think his game is is you know turned or turned he's turned into a nice NBA player yeah I just wish he was more consistent I, I guess but you know I, I really like how he compares to Alan Crabb, who got a similar deal with the Nets, four year seventy, four year seventy five. That seems to be the market for a wing, you know, a wing with potential. So, you know, I, I like the deal and I like the Hawks keeping him. I, I thought he he kind of fits into the into their team. Uh the last deal, my favorite deal actually, of the whole bunch, Mirza Spirza Toledovich, an old friend from the Nets, to the Milwaukee Bucks back with Jason Kidd, three years, thirty million dollars. What was your first thought? 
Did you know? I like it. I mean, (laughs) yeah, no, I know about it. I, I, you know, I like it. I think that he's kind. He seems like the type of player that the you know that the Bucks need. I mean, you. He's a guy who's a shooter. He's a shooter from that four position. Uh, 30 years old, I don't necessarily love the age, but they seem like they have a lot of guys who are rough around the edges and, and or younger guys. Um, you know, you get a guy like Don Henson who's always gotten some playing time there. He's kind of the exact opposite of Amirza. So, you know, I, I do like it, and I think what you said about $10 million a year, that, that seems fair yeah. in this boom. I, yeah, I, I thought it was a great value deal. I, I really like the fit. I think Mirza was good with the Suns last season. He's always kind of been a solid player. A little, again, like Hempe's more, a little inconsistent, but I, I like the deal for the Milwaukee Bucks. Andy, we're going to move on to the end of our show. Like Jay-Z once said, we don't believe you. You need more people. Who needed more people this week in the NBA? Man, it's Doc Rivers. This dude needs to stop embezzling money via giving it to his son. Uh, maybe you could have pulled that when the, the racist Sterling was in the house. You could have siphoned off his money and gave it to people, but I, I ain't with it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Doc Rivers definitely needs more people. I'm going with the OKC Thunder fans burning KD jerseys. You guys are acting like he hit it and quit it. My man stayed with you for almost a decade. It's just like Scarlett Johansson trying to make it worth with Jonah Hill when he was fat. You guys got skinny, had some appeal, got some star roles, but at the end of the day, you were still Jonah Hill, and KD was still Scarlett Johansson. Be grateful you got to even sleep at the same bed as Kate. Oh, I'm going to stop this metaphor before it gets before it takes a terrible turn if it hasn't already. That is the end of our show for this week. Please join us next week as we continue our journey around the NBA. Follow the podcast on Twitter at NLP Podcast and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash NLP Pod. That's N like Nikola Pekovic, L like Langston Galloway, P like Perry Jones III. We will close as we always do with the great philosopher Jason Wychalka Williams who once probably thought basketball is a lot like last call at the bar. Sometimes it's better to pass without looking. And with that, we bid you good night.